0: your life's not over it's time to reach up like never before reach for all that God has for you stretch forward your faith you can do the impossible if you'll dare to believe God today is your day for spiritual breakthrough revelation reformation reclamation if God be for you who can stand against you A 1,000 may fall at your left and 10,000 at your right, but it will not come nigh your dwelling. It's time, body of Christ, to stand firm on the word of God and believe the impossible. Today is your day for salvation. Tomorrow's over. Your past is behind you, but your future is shining bright ahead of you. Lift up your eyes. Today is your day, and if you'll dare to believe me, I'm going to astound you. I'm going to make all your critics' tongues fall out of their mouth. Their eyes are not going to believe what they're about to behold, because I am taking you from the ash heap, from the dung hills of this life, and I am setting you among princes. I'm raising you up to reach a generation for me. Forget yesterday. You gotta forget about your past. It's over. Don't let the enemy remind you of your yesterday anytime. God's not speaking to you about your yesterday, He's speaking to you about your tomorrow. Anything is possible. Go to Isaiah 9 and 6. We're gonna start this series called For Unto Us a Child. Is born. Are you ready for this? Maybe we'll go two weeks. Maybe we'll go more. Maybe we'll go the rest of the month. Only the best people are born in December. There was, there was Jesus. Then there was my grandmother. Then I came along, and I thought, you know what? December must be the knockout month. There it is. By the way, there's no such thing as a birthday month. You can't celebrate your birthday. There's not even anything as a birthday week. No. No, no. When I was, listen, when I was a kid, when my my grandparents and even my parents were kids, they didn't even celebrate children's birthdays because they were too busy working. It's your birthday. Here's a Scooby snack. Let's go out and hoe the garden. I see people out there, it's my birthday month. Send this to PayPal, Cash App. Like, what? It's my birthday month, 12 months a year. Send me something. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've lost most of the crowd. Bradley is totally against me now. The rest, uh, he's going to be throwing daggers at me the rest of the service. Here we go. Let's, Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah 9 and 6. If you like the uh, calmer approach today, it's because we've been excavating clay pits and pouring concrete. And uh, if I move too much, it reminds me of those actions I was doing the last few days. It's left its mark on me. Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah the prophet, who is in the royal Lineage of the kings of Israel. He's of the offspring of David. In fact, he's a cousin to King Hezekiah. And he writes this. If you're looking in your Bible for Hezekiah, his, he'll be found in the lineage and kings as Uzziah. And so you'll see him there. Same person. But just a little Bible trivia for you. Isaiah 9:6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government. Everybody say government. Government. When you say government, you think of the White House. You think of Congress. You think of the Supreme Court. You think of laws. You think of police officers. You think of mayor's court. You think of crime, criminals, Those are the things we think of when we say government. But all government that is successful is rooted in the laws of God. He is the one that has established government. And his government is without end. His government is not based on elections because he wasn't elected. He is the elect. His government is not based on those things, but it is based on supernatural supremacy above any and anything and anything and everything that could ever be created or named. The government shall be upon His shoulders, and His name shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus. Notice the first two are talking about Christ in the natural, a child and a son. The next one is talking about his position. The government's on his shoulder. Then it goes to identifying exactly who we're talking about. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Many times growing up in church. I heard this scripture used as a doctrinal reproof. To talk about oneness. That's not what we're talking about today. So take a deep breath. Today we're talking about the supremacy or the government of Christ Jesus. That he came to establish a kingdom here on earth. Now I want you to go forward and we're going to read the words of Christ in Matthew 7 and 13. And we're going to get into this today. Matthew 7 and 13. And it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, or the gate called straight. For wide is the gate, get the picture, wide is the gate, and broad, expansive, is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be, which go in thereat. What's the way that leads to destruction? Wide entrance, broad path. And how many are on it? Many. What is destruction? It's ultimately hell. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. There are many that would say in their self-righteousness that they're not on the path to destruction. They're on the path of righteousness. But as they look around, they find that the path is easy, it's broad, and it had a very wide entrance. If the path you're on had a wide entrance, and it's a wide path, and it's easy to travel... That might not be the path that leads to everlasting life. I don't care what the name is on the outside of the building. If you think just because people are serving, my dad, I could bring him up here and he could tell you stories about ministers. People that have dear saints, precious ladies that have been in the church 30, 40, 50 years. Their father started church that went full on demonic manifestation in his office and in services. Listen, broad is the way that leads to destruction. So you got to go back to the words of Christ to see if you're on the right path. Because straight is the gate. What does that mean? That word straight there, it's like the straight of moose. It's a it's a navigational term. And it's like if you were sailing in the ocean. And all of a sudden you had to go through a strait. You could go anywhere in the ocean. But if you're going to get through that strait and where you want to go. It narrows down to a, it's very, very precarious. You've got a certain channel you've got to be on so that you don't beach the boat. That's what Christ is saying here. Because straight, not like an arrow strait, but like. Very confined and narrow is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. What's the way that leads to life? Narrow. And and then he says this, and few there be that find it. How many find it? How many find the way to life? Few find the way to life. You know why? It's not that they don't discover the way to life. It's that in order for you to enter in, the closer you get to Christ, the less self there must be. And many people want to go to heaven, but they don't want to deal with self. You won't find people preaching this kind of stuff today because it shrinks their churches. But if you preach the gospel of the kingdom and it shrinks your church, you've had addition by subtraction. And God is preparing His church. Listen, as your pastor, I want you to know that when you come to this church, I will never, in private or over the pulpit, ever do anything on purpose to hurt you, to malign you, or to lead you astray. I will never tell you anything that will fluff you up and sound good to your ears so that you like me and you keep coming to this church. Instead, I will challenge you. Every time this book is opened, it's challenging. And I will challenge you with the word of God to make sure that you are a bride without spot or blemish, that you have been made ready to meet Jesus on that day because there is coming a day when every man will stand before the Lord, every single person. And it won't be you and your wife. It won't be you and your family. It'll be you and Jesus. And you're going to give an account for every word that you said, every deed that you did in the flesh. And I want to make sure that I am true to the calling of God. I'm not up here running a popularity contest. I'm not in competition with any other pastor or ministry to see how many people we can get in here on Sunday. I'm trying to get people ready to meet Jesus in the air when the trump of God should sound. Hallelujah. You've got to have the Word of God challenge you. It's got to challenge you so that no matter how long you've been in this thing, whether it's five years or five minutes, there is something when you open the Word of God that says, oh, man, I've got to get right in that area. I've got to shape up in that area. It's causing me to be more like Christ and less like me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> then he says this. Notice the first admonishment of Christ here in Matthew. He says, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. False prophets always appear as a peer. Oh, they're one of us. Oh, they're so relatable. They're so personable. Notice the shepherd doesn't appear as a sheep. Doesn't say be be you know on the lookout for the shepherd. It says be leery of looking for wolves that appear in sheep's clothing. Jesus uses that language about only one other group in Scripture, the religious. He says they're as ravenous wolves. This is a religious thing. Be Wear of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are what? Ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? In other words, look at their fruit. Do men gather thorns and call it fruit? Do men gather thistles and call it figs no no that's not what happens even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit that's why I will never ever support a ministry financially sit in a conference Hear from, listen to a pastor whose family is on the Broadway to hell while they're hosting mega conferences. Because the fruit's no good. The fruit doesn't add up. It doesn't check. Wow, well, it looks nice. Doesn't add up. Doesn't check. Doesn't, doesn't you know, it doesn't compute. The fruit's not there. See, you'll always produce after your own kind. That's why you have to be careful where you sow your seed because you might sow it to a Hagar and get an Ishmael rather than to a Sarah and get an Isaac. Your seed is your time, your talent, and your treasure. And where you invest it matters. Where you invest your time, where you invest your talent, where you invest your treasure, it matters. It matters. And we've got to learn how to delineate from the soul and the spirit. A lot of people go to churches and they have nothing more than a soulish move. And they go out feeling good in their soul, but the spirit is unmoved. That's why the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder bone from marrow and soul from spirit. There are things that I say here, trust me, I've been doing this long enough and I'm good with people. People is my business. I'm in the people business. I love people. I know people. I can see somebody on the street, tell you most about them. Just, you know, call it prophetic, call it intuition, call it experience. I know that person is such a way, boom, 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 boom. I can see it on them. And I see people draw up, get upset. Because there are things that I say over the pulpit in this church that don't make you feel good in the soul, but they build up the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. If you read about it, the sword of the Spirit, according to Paul, is not used in that connotation to fight the enemy it's used to separate soul from spirit bone from marrow the shield of faith is used to stand against the enemy but the sword of the spirit is used for your own good as an instrument that can cut off the things that are not needed while preserving that which is holy and unto the Lord so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth Evil fruit. Corruption's a big word today. Have you noticed that? You know what corruption is? Corruption is a result of spiritual corrosion. Anytime people, their spirit starts getting corroded, they will produce corruption. Isn't that what Paul said? He said, if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you'll reap... What? Corruption... But if you sow to the Spirit, of the Spirit you'll reap life. The flesh, the Bible says the life is in the, no, no, the life is in the flesh. In the Old Testament, the life is in the flesh. The word is nephesh. It means soul. It can also mean blood. Your soul makes you feel good. It animates you. And people want to feel good in their mind, but they don't want to deal with the spiritual stuff. But you'll always produce after your own kind. So look at what people are producing. If people are only using others for their own good to build what they're doing, but they're not producing disciples, it's not of the kingdom. The kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. And I'm trying to prepare you as the church because you haven't seen anything yet. We are coming to the end of the age. Life as you've known it is changing rapidly. And before Jesus Christ returns, before the tribulation, the tribulation means wrath. Those that are blood-bought will not go through the tribulation. They'll be taken in the rapture. It is called the catching away. The Greek word is harpazo. You know what it means? How many of y'all grew up playing Mortal Kombat? Nobody. All right. Those of you that did, you're going to like this. I'm going back to youth pastor day. How many of y'all remember when Reptile would say, get over here? And he would throw out his little scorpion. That's it. Well, didn't Reptile do that too? Maybe. I don't know. Scorpion. And he would throw out a little, little barb hooked to a chain, and he would pierce his opponent and pull him back to him that's the imagery of the Greek word that when the the trump of God shall sound it'll be like a harp has been placed and you've been speared and God says come up here and you're going to meet him in the sky there's no escaping it if you're the blood ball but before that day comes there is coming a shaking on the earth know this that in the last days perilous times shall come The earth is going to be shaking. You're getting ready to see things that if any other generation would have saw them, they would have thought it was magic, sorcery. They wouldn't have understood all the things that are happening. Are you kidding me? We're seeing the moon be turned into blood. We're seeing the sun be turned into night. We're seeing seeing pillars of fire, columns of smoke. We're seeing earthquakes in places. I mean, stuff is happening across the globe, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. And if you're not anchored in Christ, if you're not anchored in this word, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're just a casual church attender, you're going to be on the ground that's shaken, and it's going to be horrible and terrible. And the worst part of it is that there'll be many that think they're rooted in Christ. But on that day, when the trump of God should sound, they won't be going to... Why do you think if you read the book of Revelation, there are those that curse God? You ever wondered who those people are? Those are the people that thought they were Christians. But they weren't Christians. They were just casual attenders. And after the rapture of the church, they knew enough Bible to understand. Well, it's all over now except the fat lady singing. And they get angry at God and they begin to curse God. That's that group of people. Listen to what Jesus says here. These are the words of Christ. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit because you produce after your own kind. (coughs) Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. John the Baptist talks about this talking to the religious Pharisee group. If you can't produce good fruit, you're going to be hewn down and cast into the fire. That means you can't just come and sit on a a pew. You've got to get rooted in Christ so that you can produce good fruit. Because what you produce is governed by the root. Yeah, there's this thing. It's called the root governs the rest. The root governs the rest. If the roots are messed up, the rest will be bad. But if you can get the roots good, no matter what it looks like on the outside, eventually that thing's going to work for you. Yeah. Why do you think that when Jesus was, uh, was going to curse the fig tree, and he, he said, let, let, let me dung it. Remember that parable? He says, the tree's bad, I'm going to cut it down. He says, no, let me dung the tree and come back and check it in another year. Remember that parable? You know what that means? They would dig up about three feet in all areas around the roots, and they would put manure over it to get the roots engaged and growing and healthy. And then if the roots were good, then the tree would produce after its own kind. Now, I'm going to get to this, so just stay with me. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Don't look at the flash. Don't look at the glitter. Don't even look at what they preach. Don't look at what they post on social. Don't look at how well their house looks put together. Look at the fruit. Then he says this. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Break that verse down, Pastor Jordan. Thank you. I will. (laughs) Notice what Jesus said. Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord. But only he that makes me Lord. There are many people that say, well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And what they really want is Jesus to be their Savior, but they don't want Jesus to be the Lord of their life. Because if Jesus is the Lord of your life, that means you're not going to act like everyone else. You're not going to talk like everyone else. You're not going to think like everyone else. You're going to hate the things of the world, and you're going to love the things of God. You're going to have to come out from among them and be ye separate. People are going to call you weird. They're going to mock you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to hate on you. That's what's going to happen when you come out from among the world. Now, I'm not going to leave you there because when you come into the kingdom, that's when you get into real kingdom blessing. But not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. If you're doing the will of the Father, what are you doing? You've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Because Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Wow. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Or do you just know about Jesus? You got to know Jesus like you know your mama, your daddy, your spouse. Your children. You've got to know him. You've got to have communion with him. Oh, I receive communion once a month at Church of his Presence. No, not that kind of communion. A different kind of communion. Where you commune with him. Communication, where, where you're listening to his voice, where you're talking to him, and he's talking to you. And and, and if he wakes you up at four in the morning and says, Read the Bible. If you've got to put toothpicks to hold your eyelids open, you get down and read as much as you can. If he says, pay for that person's gas, you do it. If he says, don't go home that way, you do it. If he says, don't watch that, you don't watch it. If he says, watch that, you watch that. If he says, cut cable, you cut cable. If he says, I want you to fast a day a week, you fast a day a week. A communion with him where he's the Lord of your life. Yeah. Then he says this, and I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine, and what doeth them, I will liken unto him. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house on the rock. Who is the rock? Jesus, the stone that the builder rejected. And the rain descended, <clears throat> and the floods came, and the winds blew. Sounds like a storm. All of that happened, but what? The rains came, the winds blew, and they beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, is likened unto a foolish man, which built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and, the, and it fell. The house fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as one of the scribes or one of the Pharisees. What are you talking about? Unto us a child is born. In order for Jesus to be Savior he has to first be Lord. He has to be the Lord of your life. And when you understand that the message that Jesus preached was a message of the kingdom. And in the kingdom, there's a governmental structure that the kingdom is under the governance of the king. That he is king of kings and he is lord of lords. And that he is literally the one that says, go left and you go left, and go right and you go right. And that you bend your will and your purpose To his will and his purpose for your life. We're talking about the lordship of Christ. In fact, your very salvation depends upon you recognizing the lordship of Christ. It says in Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. You have to confess, not just I'm a sinner, but you have to confess, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you are the son of the living God and that God has raised you from the dead. That's why when we have people you know, come up and, and pray with us here, And the altar, you'll notice I say that. Pray this with me. Say this. I believe that you came from heaven, wrapped yourself in humanity, lived, died on a cross for me, were raised from the dead, and that you're coming back again for me. That's confessing that Jesus is Lord. That's confessing that God raised him from the dead. That's confessing those things. So you got to understand that Christ is Lord of all. Until you make him Lord of your life, you'll never discover that he's Lord of all. When you see that he's Lord of all, then what happens is you begin to recognize things that are not underneath his lordship. It's like once you have the authentic, then you can recognize the phony. Right? I mean, I bashed everybody's Dr. Thunder last week, you know. But once you've had Dr. Pepper and those 23 wonderful flavors... You can recognize Dr. Thunder and whatever it has. We don't we're not sure. Right? If you like Dr. Thunder, I like it too every now and then. Right? And we need people today more than ever that have made Jesus the Lord of their life, come under his lordship, then you can recognize that he has cosmic lordship, that his lordship is universal and beyond this universe, beyond this dimension. And then when you're walking under the lordship of Christ, you can confront, you'll recognize and confront any and every evil spirit that may try to rear itself up in your life, in the life of your family or your children, and you'll immediately root it out because you are under authority, therefore you have authority. You know why so many young people over the past 20 and 30 years have gone out into new age, spiritualism, Buddhism, many have even gone back into liturgical dead things? It's because the church was preaching about something that they could not produce, that being the power of Almighty God. And the only way that the power of God can flow through you is when you understand that He is Lord and that you're under His Lordship and that it's not your power, but it's the power of God that's working in you. Then you can speak to the devil and say, go. And in Jesus' name, he leaves you alone. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. You won't raise rebellious children if you come under the Lordship of Christ. If you get under the Lordship of Christ, all of a sudden, your children will get under the Lordship of Christ. if you get under the lordship of Christ, your wife will come under the lordship of Christ and your words will carry weight. Yeah. Yeah, that's back when, you know, we had great strong men in this country that were dynamic leaders. Why were they that way? Because they were raised by godly moral people that taught them Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to have to catch this because there's some things you can be taught, but most things according to the word, you got to be you got to, you know, have them caught, right? You got to catch them. You got to grab a hold of them. Reach out and grab a hold of this today because when you get this, you'll understand that holy people don't take orders from unholy people. And it doesn't matter what government plan or plot comes up next. You can stand in the holiness and the righteousness that is Christ Jesus and say I belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I dare not bow to any other man. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet and clap your hands. Give God praise in the house. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo. You can be seated. Some of y'all were hoping, like, wow, that was quick. Yeah. See, when you're in the church, this is, by the way, this is the doctrine of the Lordship of Christ. And it's a part of the Apostles' doctrine. It's what was taught to the church by the Apostles that Jesus Christ is Lord. But not only do we believe and confess that Jesus is ruler, and master of the universe, but we acknowledge that he is the only one that has the right and the authority to rule over our lives. Why do you think pilgrims left? I mean, originally they left England and went to the Netherlands. That'd be like where Amsterdam is because they wanted to be free from religious persecution. Then they risked everything, sold everything. They got on a merchant ship It was costly. They sailed 60 plus days to get here. Landed in the middle of winter. 102 on the boat. 51 died. I'm not great at math, but that's like half. They were all about to die. They risked everything to get to this place so that they would not be under the state church of England or the Anglican church. They did that so that they could worship Jesus freely, but they knew that Christ is the only one that has the right to rule and have authority over their lives. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do you think the enemy is trying to shut down the church? Why do you think the enemy wants everybody to think alike, look alike, act alike, take their cues from the media and Hollywood and have perverse people cramming it down the throats of your children every day? because they're scared to death that there'll be a righteous remnant that'll stand up and say, uh-uh, as for me and my house. Yeah. Well, I tell you, that pastor, he's really, he's really animated up there. and I just think he's a little bit extreme. You know, and me and the kids, we going to Disney World this fall. I just really don't, I just don't have time for all that crazy stuff. It's just, you know, just, Wake up. Wake up. Everything's changed. Everything's different now. This is the time for the manifestation of the sons of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo, glory. Sinful people only live within the confines of their mind. But the righteous people live within the confines of their spirit that is controlled by Almighty God. Why do you think mental illness is such a problem today? People can't get out of their own minds. It's all about their mind, what they want, their desire. They're this, they're that. we got to get beyond that. We've got to be people of the spirit. We've got to be people of the name. Hallelujah. Glory to God talking about the lordship of christ he is lord of all he is lord of all Do you know there's coming a day where every knee will bow every tongue will confess you know the bible says that the sea is going to give up its debt hell is going to give up its debt hitler is going to come before jesus and say you are lord satan is going to come before jesus and say you are lord Every atheist is going to come before him and say, you are Lord. Every self-righteous person is going to come before him and say, you are Lord. So make him Lord now. Make him Lord now. And you won't walk in fear. If you make him Lord over your life, fear will not be a part of your life. Oh, I'm about to have a spell up here. I'm supposed to be, this is so nice. Look at this. I'm supposed to be doing a Christmas-style message, and here I am, you know. If you make him Lord of your life, you will walk in the supernatural. Woo, hallelujah. You'll walk in the supernatural. Every day, every step, every thought, Brought under the captivity of Christ. Every action according to the will of God. He'll direct your steps. Thy word, O oh Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You can leave discouragement today. You can leave depression behind today. You can leave worry and doubt behind today. You can leave insecurity. Insecurity is rooted in the mind. But if you're anchored in Christ, you're secure in Him. I don't even know why I'm here on this planet. Well, get in the book. Most people are under (laughs) immense pressure today because they're trying to be like and act like what they see on TV and social media. Everybody in here that's under 40, you would be surprised how your life would improve if you would just turn off the TV, silence your phone, go outside, Do some work come back in love your family be thankful for what god's given you open the pages of this book and say lord why do you have me here and what do you want me to do and run a race that's only competing with you rather than trying to be like everybody else all that pressure you're under it's pressure to conform to the image of the world you need to come out from under that and be transformed by the renewing of your mind Christ is Lord over all because he is God. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love what Brother Schambach used to sing. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. And he's God all over this floor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, aren't you thankful that he is God? Well, glory to God. Christ is Lord over all because when he was in his human nature he lived perfectly and obediently in accordance with the plan of God even though he was tempted in all manner he knew no sin. Even the greatest person that you've ever known, the greatest Christian, has sinned, but Christ never sinned. See, it's hard for us to put all this together. But he was fully God, fully man. He was tempted in every area, but he did. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to think of. But Jesus walked perfectly according to the will of the Father. Well, hallelujah. hallelujah. Do you know that Christ claims authority? Over believers and unbelievers. The thing that sends you to hell. The thing that on that day. It won't be wow man. I had this sin. I had that sin. Yeah you got to get rid of sin. But the reason people go to hell is because they didn't make him lord of their life. Because when you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, sin will cease to be an issue in your life. You'll you'll begin to walk holier and holier and holier. And the Lord will put his finger on things in your life. And stuff that you used to struggle with, you won't struggle with anymore. Yes, there'll be temptations. Yes, you'll think thoughts and you'll have urges to do things you shouldn't do. But you'll bring them captive. You'll bring every thought captive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God you know we're to obey Christ in all things? A lot of people think church is something you just add to your life. You know, I just go to church, took my spiritual vitamins. That's great. Now, we're off to see the wizard. You know, Ooh, got shopping, got, you know, all this stuff. No, you're to obey Christ in all things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know that we're saved by grace through faith. You know what grace is? It's God's unmerited favor. It's His supernatural ability to help you be like Him even though you have a sin nature that wants to do all this other stuff. That's the grace of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know that we're to serve Christ at all times and in all parts of our life with our whole heart. We're to make Christ the Lord of our life. Yeah, He's enthroned. He gets the glory and He deserves our obedience. The Bible says that obedience, Samuel the prophet, the high priest says, obedience is better. Then, sacrifice. Yeah. Now, when I'm, I'm preaching this, I'm not beating up on anybody. I don't know what you're doing or not doing. I'm not the Jesus police. You know? I'll never forget. I was serving on staff somewhere. I had a, a, a dear person in the church call me. They said, Pastor Jordan, you've got to tell your dad. I said, What I got, what's, What? what's going on? They said, we don't have his phone number. Can I have it? I said, no. You're not going to have the pastor's phone number. Call me. I can hang up on you. If he hangs up on you, you'll quit the church. I said, you're not going to believe it. I saw so-and-so and so-and-so. They went to eat in that restaurant, and it has a bar in there. I said, what restaurant was it? Applebee's. Yeah, I'm going to burn up the line right now and get a hold of my dad and tell him. We're not the Jesus police. Right? We're not talking about that. I'm talking about making Jesus the Lord of your life and obeying him in everything that you say and do and bringing every thought captive to Christ. Hallelujah. This means that when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we receive grace unto salvation but we also receive grace unto servitude and the reason that many people are not serving in the church and we have a consumer type of Christianity everybody comes to be served and nobody comes to serve is because we haven't made Jesus the Lord of our life you grow through service you learn a whole lot more teaching than you do being taught And when you begin to serve in the body of Christ, it is that service that unlocks levels of discipleship and learning for you that you would never get anywhere else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I still believe that someone that's serving in the kingdom of God and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that that is the highest calling. I believe it's greater than a president, than a senator, than a doctor, than a lawyer. And I believe this world needs men and women of God that are submitted to the Lordship of Christ and are serving Him. Well, I haven't been to seminary and I'm not called to be a pastor. I didn't say pastor. I said ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? It is the gospel of reconciliation. That's the gospel. Come unto me all you that are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's coming back to the creator, the one that made you. The only one that can give you peace that passes all understanding. The only one that can take worry and fear and doubt and depression and mental illness out of your life. The only one that can cut off and sever addiction and root out all of these things that are causing problems and give you life and life more abundantly. It's the gospel of reconciliation. Ooh. See, serving Christ makes a profound difference in every single area of your life. Ooh. When you're submitted to the Lordship of Christ and you're serving Him, it makes a difference in every area of your life. Yeah, Christians, they differ radically from people that are in the world. Don't you believe every mealy mouth sappy... Skinny, jean wearing person that rares up and calls them a minute self a minister, saying, Aren't we all just God's children? No, dummy. That's why you're born again because when you're in sin, you're not a child of God, you're on your way to hell. You're the seed of Satan. Well, I live good, I do good things. I- I'm even on the band booster. Well, praise God, keep all that up, but make Jesus the Lord of your life. What's wrong with the band boosters? Come on, man. I was in band. Yeah. Our school was so small, I would play football, and at halftime, I would go back, and I would put on my band pants over my football pants, and I would put on my band coat and my little, you know, nutcracker helmet, and I would go out there with my... Then I would come back and rip all that stuff off under the bleachers, throw back all my pads right there, mouthpiece in, ready to hit somebody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The reason that believers, that Christians are so radically different from unbelievers is because of the inclination of the heart. Making Jesus the Lord of your life is not a legalistic thing. That's why we're not the Jesus police. Making Jesus the Lord of your life means making your heart fully inclined to him so that he has priority over everything in your life. That's what making Jesus the Lord of your life means. Doesn't mean come to this code, do this, don't do this, do do, do. no, it means make him the Lord of your life and he'll lead and guide you because he's the good shepherd. Well, glory. Hmm, Makes sense. Go ahead and elbow your neighbor say don't worry, he's almost done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you'll make Jesus the Lord of your life and recognize the Lordship of Christ, you won't know lack. You won't know worry. People that are operating in lack are people that have not fully submitted themselves to the Lord. Because when you do, you become a tither. When you become a tither, then the Bible is either true or it's a lie. And if the Bible's true, it says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Maybe meet in my house and prove me or test me. And this one thing, God says, test him. That I'll not open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I don't care what moron gets up and apologizes for the tithe. They are from hell if they're apologizing for that. The tithe secures your protection and your blessing. I don't believe that. Well, I don't believe in gravity. Well, don't jump off the roof yeah true I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread Amen. when you make Jesus the Lord of your life you will not walk in sickness Amen. That's right. yeah. I can guarantee it come on. Come on. Well, what about old Johnny Two Feathers who <laughs> I'm trying to come up with people you don't know <laughs> Who had an infected hair on his toe and we prayed for him, it got worse and he died. Jesus wasn't the Lord of his life, man. Because either the Bible's true or Johnny's two feathers experience is greater than the word of God, and that thing's a lie. Right. Yeah. And if that's a lie, we fix to sell everything we got and we're headed to Vegas. <laughs> wow. Don't don't worry. I was I hosted a meeting here in town. I had brother Ted come and preach, I hadn't known him really long, a long time, and uh, so many prophetic things were happening, and uh, I had just gotten the iPhone 8, and I had the 6 before, and I had it in my shirt pocket like this, and uh, it was at the House and we had about 550 people there, and we had just had Nora, and uh, Brother Ted dedicated her there. At the Blennerhassett, and I had the phone like this, you know, with the speaker up. And Brother Ted said a series of things that, in his West Virginia twang, sounded like "Hey Siri," <laughs> <laughs> and it dinged on. And he didn't hear it, but he kept preaching. And then he came to a silent part, and Siri said, "Bink, I don't know about that, but it says." <laughs> I'm sitting on the front row and he says Siri doesn't know what she's talking about <laughs> whoever that is turn it off and I said it's me brother Ted I'm sorry I didn't know it was turned on it wasn't there before on the 6 but now it was on the 8 you know so anyway don't, don't feel bad sometimes Siri gets carried away this is what I'm telling you today I'm telling you that The world is in turmoil. The world is in chaos. And before Jesus Christ returns, things will get much, much, much worse in the world. But for the believer, things will not get worse. They will get better and better and better and better and better and better. And you're going to see some of the most incredible miracles, signs, wonders. God is going to raise up. He's going to put his hand. Some of y'all are in this place today. I feel the Holy Spirit directing me to say this. Some of y'all are in this place today. You're some of the ones that God's going to put his hand on. And he's going to anoint you with a special anointing. An end time anointing. To run to and fro throughout the land and proclaim the goodness of God. Your hands will work the miracles of Christ. God always saves the best till last. You think what was on Elijah was something, you haven't seen anything yet. If you think what Peter did where his shadow healed people, you haven't seen anything yet. If you think when they cut the garments and pieces off of Paul, and they sent them throughout the Roman Empire, and people were healed, you think that was something, you haven't seen anything yet. But in order to do that, you have to get out of the kingdom of religion and you have to get into the kingdom of God where he's Lord of your life. You have to cancel every idea you have about what church is and what church isn't and what is good and what is this. And you got to just go straight to the book and let the book tell you. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to be people of the book. We can't be recognized as Baptist or Pentecostal or what it cares about. We've got to be people of the book. Whatever the book says, that's what we are. If the book says we can do it, we can do it. If the book says we can have it, we can have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, to Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, the book always inspires faith. So when you hear somebody, or you watch a social media video, or whatever it may be, and you have somebody on there that sounds really smart, or maybe they don't—they just look like you—and they're talking about how to reason out why these things in the Word of God aren't there and that isn't there. No, 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 no. Reason works against faith. Right. Faith works in the in the area of things that reason can't understand. Right. Well, I don't believe all that, Pastor Jordan. Well, let me just tell you something. I've seen too much to go back now. I've seen people that had strokes, massive brain bleeds about to take them out, and the Holy Ghost send a word and drop it in their ER room, and God reversed the damage, and a man that's 80-plus years old today is still driving his wife around. I've seen people so addicted in drugs and alcohol, they didn't know which way was up. I've seen the love of God arrest them right where they are, wrap his arms around them, wash them in his blood, and bring them out the other side a different person. I've seen the power of God heal every emotional scar from abuse, from a lifetime of terrible horrible things so that a person has joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I've seen blinded eyes open. I've seen deaf ears unstopped. I've seen God do incredible things. You couldn't talk me out of this. Hallelujah. I'm not here preaching today for my health or to try to convince you of anything. I'm simply telling you that time is short. And soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. He's coming back. He's wearing a white robe of righteousness. He's got eyes that are flaming like fire. He's got hair that's white like wool. His his voice is the sound of many waters. He is king of kings and he is Lord of lords. He's the only one found worthy on the earth, above the earth, or below the earth. You ought to make him Lord of your life today and step into the supernatural things of God. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give a rating. To learn more about our ministry go to BradfordMinistries.net.